Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I sat down with Russ Bullock earlier tonight, and we talked about Mech Clans, talked about all the details, and he actually dropped us some pretty big bombs as far as what to expect and not to expect from the game. We talked about Mech 5 Mercs, how it inspired the clans, and what's different between Mercs and the clans. And he also sort of hinted again at a future of more DLC as well with Mercs. We dove into Mecha Online, its current status, and where it's going to be going in 2024. That's sort of at the end of the podcast, so if you want to go a jump, you can go to there. We also talked about what the future plans are, or at least at the moment, what the vision would be like for Piranha Games handling a future PvP title, what that would look like, or how it would be different from Mecha Online as well. A lot of positive talk there, so again, if you want to listen to that, uh, I think you'll be happy with the information. Before we dive into the details, I just want to say thank you to everybody that listens. If you guys enjoyed this content on YouTube or anywhere else that you hear it, consider giving it a like, share it with your friends that may be uh, players or uh, fans of the series. Uh, and if you guys want to take a step further, I do have a Patreon page. I don't talk about it enough and I should. Um, and I've got three people in particular that are some podcast sponsors I'd like to give a quick shout out to. Chad, thank you again. Downtime. Thank you. And Mick Jiggles. I do appreciate you guys becoming podcast sponsors. It really does help out. And all of my other patrons as well. Thank you so much for showing up to my daily streams. And again, I do stream twitch.tv and GNG TV Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Again, I'll have a link down below to that. If you guys want to help support even further, I do have a uh, store with some new updated merch. I would definitely highly check out the latest uh, designs over there. But anyways, just want to say thank you again. Uh, use the links down below. Let's go dive into this discussion. It's a little bit lengthy, around two hours, um, but I think it's well worth your listen. So without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, again, thank you for doing this uh, podcast for us. It's been since January since we last talked. Uh, jokingly, this is actually take two because I messed up with audio, but uh, we caught it soon enough, so it shouldn't really impact the conversation uh, that much. Um, quick shout out to you again, as I mentioned, uh, you sort of dropped a huge tidbit on the last podcast we did, which was, hey, we're working on a new single player game. It's uh, uh, single player and co-op that got shared everywhere. Every gaming article online did it. Uh, so anyways, just want to say thanks again. That was that was huge. Um, and speaking of uh, PC Gamer uh, was a recent sort of snafu. How was what was it like waking up and when did you find out about the, I guess, leak? That's what we sort of called it, information leak. It seems sort of like you guys were caught off guard. Uh, what was that about? Uh, what was it like behind the scenes? And uh, yeah, can you just sort of dive into that? Yeah, I'm just looking at my calendar here. I think we had originally planned to announce uh, MechWare 5 Clans on Monday, September 18th. and if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Thursday the 4th, no, maybe it was even Wednesday the 13th, somewhere in there, um, that, you know, it came out, it, it, you know, I woke up to it being on the internet. So, uh, yeah, so when did I find out? Yeah, I woke up, I think I woke up possibly kind of early, um, kind of one of those things where you're, you know, getting up early, maybe it's go to bathroom or something, you, you definitely want to go back to sleep or at least a couple more hours, but you make the mistake of like picking up your phone. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, I was like, I can't remember now if it was someone slacked in the Slack channel or, or 
at work or how, but essentially I was like, boom, you know, it's out there. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a, a panic at first and not, not because, you know, the, that things had gone a couple days early. I mean, that was kind of, that was frustrating because, you know, Matt and his crew, you know, still had a couple days of hard work to go to be ready for Monday. So, you know, they were like, well, they weren't ready. Um, but my big concern at the moment that I was fretting about was, you know, the company's never had a leak in, you know, almost 24 years, you know, nothing, you know, we've been really good that way. And I thought, oh no, like, is this the first time I was really disappointed because PC Gamer had shared with us an early version of the PDF of the article. And at first glance, it looked like, oh no, like we leaked this PDF. You know, the company's grown a lot. We're almost 100, I think around 110 people now and a lot of new people. So, you know, you start to wonder, oh no, like, you know, did, did we leak it? So anyhow, after kind of fretting and panicking for the first, maybe till about noon that day, it became clear to us that the PDF that had been leaked online was different. It wasn't the one that we got from PC Gamer. It had different art was in different positions, had different backgrounds that had been worked on the so we're like breathe a sigh of relief. And then uh we found out, you know, by afternoon I think that it wasn't really a leak at all. It was more of a sort of a miscommunication between PC Gamer, PC Gamer UK and Piranha and our PR firm and all the people that people didn't realize that like a couple days earlier than we had expected. Um, subscribers to PC Gamer UK were able to download the PDF version. So it came out on like that Wednesday, Thursday, where we thought we had till like Monday um, before anything like that happened. So it went a little bit early. So Matt and his team had to like, I think they spent all day Thursday working their fingers to the bone and getting everything ready, ready enough that we could push it out on Friday so we didn't have to go through the whole weekend of, you know, watching everyone like throw the PDF all over Reddit and talk about details and things that maybe were wrong or incorrect or just weird. So, yeah. So, um, that's how that happened. Yeah. I woke up to, uh, similar. I, I woke up and I had direct messages sent to me with the Reddit post that had screenshotted every one. And so I was like, is this, is like, is this a leak? Of course, the first thing I'm like source, they're like it's on reddit uh and then they were i think it posted the uk like the front page of course with the timmy and stuff was you know pc gamer and stuff like that and then there was a few uh references to a uk so that's how i found out and i basically had you know, like had to like bear, like what is this true or whatever and then i just started looking at the slides i was like oh this is very like real like uh so that's that's how i found out as well um you know so pretty jarring it seems like but it looks like it was no big deal in the long run. Jump started a few days early, but uh, overall, you know, um, there we have it. Um, so speaking of the, the the clans and the info that was released, um, you know, you, you mentioned it in January. Now we know the title, the name, the scope. Um, the question I have is, uh, you know, Smoke Jaguars are pretty, you know, interesting take because of the lore atrocities war crimes like they're almost like the villains uh in a way and they're you know and then on the flip side we've already got you know mech 2 with ghost uh with uh clan wolf and jade falcon and then you had the ghost bears and then you had the you know merc side of things um why did you guys pick 
was it because of that reason? Because we've already had titles that covered that. Is that why you picked Smoke Jaguar? And then what led up to the sort of decision there? Because I feel like um, it's an interesting take because of the lore and what happens to the Jaguar. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, can you sort of walk me through that decision yeah. and all that? Yeah, there's, um, you know, like a lot of fans of the whole Mechor Battletech thing, I mean, you guys know my history with it. I've been since, you know, mid-80s, my brother brought home the tabletop and was like, here, play this with me. Um, I've been, you know, I'm, I can get as nostalgic as anybody about the the past. So you, you saw, you know, MechWarrior 4, or sorry, MechWarrior 5 uh, Mercenaries. Um, you guys have heard this before, but, like, my whole dream was really make a spiritual successor to not just you know, both of the past Mercenaries games, but in particular, really MechWarrior 1. You know, MechWarrior 1 was the only one up to that point where you could truly fly around the Inner Sphere in that total freeform way. Um, and so that was, and then if you look at the, the cover of <clears throat> MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, it really was a play on uh, Mech 4 Mercs with sort of the red and black uh, cover title. With, we have a King Crab instead of, you know, what they had, but um, it's similar with um, Mech 5 Clans. I mean, you can see the you know the trailer right from the get go of making the sneak peek trailer. It was we we knew uh, that we were going to um, you know flash that you know Mechware to callback at the end. That that was just a given. We knew we we're going to have a Mad Cat. You know, it's Timberwolf on the front. That's just no choice. Um, that'll be you, you can you can take it to the bank that the you know the final product box art when it ships. It could be. It won't be exactly what you've seen in the trailer, but you know what it's going to be. It's going to be like that, something along those lines. So yeah, and then we worked with TMC to get there. So we maybe we'll come back to that in a bit. But uh, to your question, yeah, I think um, I'll just speak from my perspective because you know other people like you know Chris Lauer or other people on the team will have maybe a different sort of process of how they got to that point around choosing Smoke Jaguar, but Ultimately, of course, it's my decision, and I would I look at it like this: um, we're doing this spiritual successor thing, but we also are not the type of company that's just going to, you know, totally copy and recreate something. We want to make our own game too, so we're making a clans game, and it's the first clans game since 1995's Mech Warrior 2, right? So um, we want to do something that's our own, and. Um, I'd say at first, it's like, yeah, we've already done Jade Falcon, Ghost Baron, and uh, Clan Wolf. We haven't done Smoke Jaguar yet. Let's, we should do Smoke Jaguar. Um, and I got to say, like, even though maybe the when we, when we come to a decision like that, it's put to the test, though, right? Like, first, we, first it might be just simple logic, but then it has to stand, you know, several months if not six months of scrutiny to sort of uh work you know to establish itself and i'm really happy i guess that we made that decision because i would say it's not so cut and dry or i mean maybe it's not so cut and dry on our game like we know the lore we know the history of smoke jaguar but um it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of nuance of politics within smoke jaguar within the ranks of smoke jaguar and perhaps choices that you get to make as a player um, you know, it's not just like, you're a bad guy. You always do this decision that 
Because ultimately, Smoke Jaguar does what it does. Our, our our games that we make at Piranha, we don't try to change lore. Like we ultimately, you know, whenever we've made a game before, whether it was MWO or Macquarie Five, like no matter what you do, the map is going to reflect lore. I mean, I suppose in Community Warfare we let players sure. do whatever, but um, in Mac Five, like the map is going to change the way it does in lore. And same goes here. I mean, ultimately, Smoke Jaguar is going to do what Smoke Jaguar does, but you as a player within your uh, Sibco of you know uh, of star of of uh, landsmates, I guess not landsmates, starmates. Um, you know you've got your own story, and you have got your own commanders, and you have your own decisions to make. So there's there's a lot more complexity there than just like these guys are controversial, they're the bad guys. So I guess I'm just feeling really um, excited about our decision. I just say that. Like I think it's it's gonna be great. You guys are gonna love it. Okay, so uh, I know you're a big wolf guy, but like you know, just just bear with us. You're gonna love Smoke Jaguar. By it's the end. it's intriguing. I, I I have a separate question, but it is intriguing because we know what happens. But one of the things that I've always I've been very curious is uh, in those uh, in the in the uh, leaks, there was more detail and emphasis put on instead of proc gen. Uh, procedural generation uh, tile system that you guys would use the Mercs, which is, you know, like every, mich every mission is going to be slightly different how it looks and stuff. And it uses this system to be able to create that. And Paul had basically said that it's going to be more focused on story, which to me is really exciting because I've always looked at, I feel like we almost get have had a watered down version of like clan culture. Like some people don't realize like it's extremes. You have sort of like political you have your right and your left and you've got hardcore like warrior caste system smoke jaguar is one of them that everybody else below that doesn't matter and then you've got the other side of things with like diamond shark and and nova cat and stuff that have like older you know people in their 60s which you've never seen in the other so it's this weird sort of shift uh, in cultures so for me it i'm interested to see how you guys take on uh the behind the scenes because i mean you're basically talking about like children raised from you know birth in a warrior society trained to be basically the best only the best literally make it uh so it's like it's like having navy seal doctrine you know s you know sas every top stuff from when you're born oh and then you know same thing with like your aerospace pilots or like your top fighter pilots it, it'll be interesting how you guys take that but before we go any further i do want to ask why not Mexics? Uh, we were that I coined it Mexics clans. They're going to come out with it. We got the Stone yeah. Rhino and MWO. It was just so like it was in my like I was like there's and then it came out and I was like okay that 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 was actually surprising and we don't really have an answer. Um, and you've sort of said here here as much on on Twitter, but like why and what happened there or it was that the plan all along? I would say, yes, it was the plan all along. Um, well, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's there's so much, you know, evolution in these situations where, you know, maybe someday, you know, now is not the time because it would take way too long. But, you know, once the game gets shipped in the future, we could have another podcast and kind of reminisce. But, you know, these things always evolve like for example MechWarrior 5 mercenaries i remember when we first started that concept and that idea um 
Pranav has this sort of habit of maybe initially thinking about an idea as something pretty quick, pretty small, um, to get something out there. The original vision for Mercenaries was going to be like, you know, I think it spawned off of trying to create PVE for MWO and realizing that the journey there in Crytek was going to be like just brutal. And so I thought, well, let's create, you know, this Mercenaries, you know, experience. And I didn't think, well, let's just cut to the chase. I mean, it was going to be something kind of really, really small at first. And like, eventually it grew into like several years longer of development time than I'd planned, like two to three years longer, probably $20 million more than I initially thought we'd spend making it until we shipped this full blown MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, which um, I'm super proud of. Like it's, and this goes, we'll get to your, your question, I promise, because I wanted to create this. I, I mentioned, I think, you know, MechWarrior 1 as being the, you know, spiritual successor in a lot of ways. And so I really wanted to create this sandbox experience, like the most freedom you've ever had, like fly anywhere, take contracts with anyone, have factions with everyone. And like, in the end, we created a situation where there's truly like hundreds of hours of sandbox procedurally generated gameplay, which, you know, has some downsides, but primarily, you know, focusing on the good stuff, you know, if here we are like four years post the initial Epic Game Store release, we have five DLCs out and the game's holding us all like 83% review on Steam. Like the game is uh, significantly better than when it first shipped as well, right? Like it's gotten, it's a lot better. I mean, now it's truly a solid 83% type game. Um, really happy with that. But um, Mech Warrior 5 Clans. Um, so I'm trying to decide which way. To, so when we, okay, so the evolution process. So similarly, I think there was a moment in time where we we did consider clans to possibly be like a DLC for Mercs, you know. Um, maybe it was going to be a really, really fat DLC, like a big DLC. But in exploring that, I think, one, we came to the realization, like, yeah, wow, like the workload in, it's not just about porting the mechs in, right? you got to port the mechs in. You got to do like MWO did. You got to have a completely different, you know, sound setup, uh, HUD setup, voices. What then? Are you going to, you have to have totally different AI systems you don't want, you know, the clan next to like on and on and on. We thought to ourselves, this is way too big for a DLC. And then I thought, side note, I was also like, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to think of it as a DLC as well. Like, what are we trying to do? Shoot ourselves in the foot? I mean, this is the clans, right? We haven't had a clans game since. 1995 like this absolutely needs to be its own standalone product so that evolutionary process <clears throat> kind of happened again and what first was going to be maybe a, a few million dollar you know dlc is now going to be a huge full production just like you know we're talking tens of millions on a you know a whole new game so that's just maybe that's the way my mind works because i'm running a business and trying to be um you know making sort of like good pragmatic decisions and then Sometimes those decisions just turn into like, no, this has to be bigger. And this is another one of those moments. And so that kind of plays into the naming, I suppose, because it once upon a time had some roots in mercenaries. But also, as you know, like there's a history there. You know, there was MechWarrior 2 and then there was MechWarrior 2 mercenaries. And there was MechWarrior 4 and MechWarrior 4 mercenaries. Um, and, you know, I think even though as we get into this podcast, you'll hear that there is a dramatic difference between 
clans in, in the mercenaries game. Um, uh, very dramatic. But even still, it is a it is an evolution of the MechWarrior Five mercenaries technology base. So I don't think you know based on its feature set. Its feature set is similar, even though don't mix the two up. Like it's still drastically different than mercenaries, but its feature set set when we talk about PVE co-op, etc. In that in that vein, it's it's quite similar to mercenaries. So it's more of an evolution of the mercenaries technology, which to me also made it fit in with the MechWarrior 5 naming nomenclature. So like Mech 2 and like Mech 4, uh, we have the two titles within that naming. Uh, we just kind of went about it the opposite way. We did the Mercenaries game first, and now we're having our you know linear story uh, version of uh, MechWarrior 5. So that's kind of where your question started was like, it's not, um, it's not a sandbox you know, simulator, procedurally generated simulator. Um, I'll just drop a, you know, more of a heavy duty line and then let you follow it up. But MechWarrior 5 clans, people have never played a MechWarrior game like this before. I mean, you know, if you were to look at the past MechWarrior games and say, which ones have told the best narrative storytelling of all the past MechWarrior games ever? I think your answer would be something like this. If you're if you're talking Mech Warrior games, then it's probably Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries, which we both know is a sandbox, procedurally sandbox simulator. It, it it had Rihanna and whatnot, but like it wasn't heavy duty narration like at all. Like I mean, it was light, but I mean, if we're honest, that's as heavy as it's ever been. Like that's it. Now, if you want to expand a little bit, include Battletech, you say, okay, maybe Battletech. Um, you know, but we're still talking like um, more like animated uh, concept artwork primarily, and you know, uh, sometimes the characters in the in the bay, but they're you know static. So you could debate which one's more more storytelling. But let's the point I'm making is MechWarrior has had incredibly minimal narration and storytelling. It's never had, it's never had narration and storytelling like you're going to get in MechWarrior Five Clans, and I don't need, I don't mean to say that it's going to be like twice as much. And we're talking like order of magnitude, and like it's that is the big evolution of MechWarrior Five Clans. You'll never had narration, um, cinematic storyline telling like this before in a MechWarrior game. It's not close. So. That's a lot to drop. That's so I, so I have a few things. Like <clears throat> played all. The, I actually haven't played Crescent Hawks. That's the one I. It was a little bit before my time, but you know, from multiplayer BattleTech on AOL, and then yeah. th you know, similar, but um, all the way to to recent. But I think there's a few things. Narration. When you say narration, you're saying um, storytelling. I think like Mech Three did a really good job of like pre-mission brief where. They had that voiceover, the map, and you know all the details or whatever. They had it's that. It's all UI wrappers. UI yeah, wrappers. yeah. But I'm saying like it, it was just voice and then info yeah. on the screen and stuff, which mm -hmm. is really usable. That's 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 mm -hmm. one thing that I, I, you know, I've, I've been critical about with Mercs. I hope mm -hmm. we get a little bit more of that. And then, you know, Mech Manor, you would have the you know the little mission every campaign was like every like six missions you'd have the commander come in really really cool it's like that retro mm. command and conquer sort of stuff yeah um, I get the live action stuff yeah live but we've never i mean i think i think you're right at, as far as objectively if you look at like mech 2 i mean there's nothing i mean 
you know, no, you're reading text. Yeah, Mac yeah. three, same uh, Mac four. They had some a little bit of live action as well. But I mean, there the the thing with it is, is you've never. This is one thing I've always wanted to experience. Is I want to play like I'm in a novel. I want to be Grace and Death Carlisle. I want to be you know Phelan Kell and or or this character. Um, and obviously there was sort of a a little bit of that in you know Mercs. Um, but you didn't. You couldn't like go up and ask questions. Yeah, BattleTech had that a little bit. They had a, a like a narration arc, like you could ask like six questions, and then it was that was pretty much it. You know, and I think that that's fair to say, like unless you're going to be like a an RPG where like you can just yeah go down the line or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, no, I kind of dismissed the live action stuff. That's true. I remember that now. Um, no, when I say narration, I mean. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't mean sort of the RPG route where you're like, all of a sudden you're like, have like branching, you know, conversational trees. I mean, like, you know, actual, you know, dozens plus of like major characters with major story arcs with dialogue and, you know, Unreal 5 quality um, NIS cinematic sequences that tell the story of smoke jaguar as they enter the inner sphere so we're talking about a major a major telling of smoke jaguar um yeah i probably already said too much <laughs> so yeah <laughs> but let's let's gets, let's break down what so you that, just that is the big evolution of, of clans no doubt about it i don't want to stop it. if you want to keep divulging information <laughs> that's fine too i'm yeah. not gonna um uh so you, you you said a few things there um there is a separation between Mercs and Clans, though, is you're going from Unreal 4 to Unreal 5. Unreal 5, the technology available, the pipelines, I mean, uh, you know, a critique of Mercs, motion capture, character sort of development stuff, um, you know, obviously could leave some room for improvement. But that, that technology, I mean, you can do it on your phone with Unreal now, which is crazy, which allows developers, let alone a bigger studio, to be able to do those mm -hmm. things as well. So... Um, are we going to see technology utilize that nanite stuff like that? And I think nanite finally has the, um, it's not just the, the 3d assets now terrain is using nanite as well. Um, I believe that's the latest 3.1 as well. Yeah, no, I think see first with Mercs, I mean, this isn't an excuse, isn't an excuse, but it's like the evolution of that game was initially, you know, for the first couple of years, um, there was no plan to have any kind of storytelling at all. We, we were kind of, that was kind of reactionary. And you could tell, it was like, okay, we have to, as that game grew and became what it was, we really had to band-aid and jam in a, a storyline. And, you know, it kind of feels that way. Um, but still, I think, pretty amazing job by the team to still, you know, create something even as good as it was. And, and, and it's kind of a, uh, as I said before, kind of a indictment on, you know, the franchise as a whole over its long lifespan that Mercenaries is right up there with about as much storytelling as you ever got in a MechWare game. So yes, it, it's a it's a game changer for um clans. So let me let me and ask... some of that's because sorry, just let me get to your question on um on Nanite or whatever the various okay. things you were saying. Um some of that's because of MechWare or, or sorry, Unreal Five for sure. Although little bit of a history we were using unreal 4 for the clans game um for quite a long time uh and, and we still had the use of 
heavy duty, you know, metahuman pipelines and things that we're going to, we were still on track to do probably 95% of what we're planning to do right now um, when it comes to, you know, the characters and the animations and the NISs and the cutscenes and all the storytelling. But recently, one of our senior engineers, um, you know, did a full port job. And so we upgraded to Unreal 5. Didn't really think we would, but we did. And it has unlocked additional capabilities, of course, as you said, some of these uh, nanites, some of these other technologies. So uh, we are, um, we're adding those things into the pipeline and they will make a big, will make a big difference. But yeah, it, it's, you're right. We have, we're talking full, you know, full face and motion capture um, animations across all of our characters and everything. So we've, we've invested and set up a, a studio like within our office space to create all this. And um, definitely, it, it, now, you're right. I mean, nowadays it used to be you needed, you know, a million dollars to set up a AAA um, animation, you know, company, whatever, to do your video games. Now, you know, we've invested, you know, it's not chump change, but, you know, we've, we've put together what we say is pretty close to a AAA sort of animation filming setup for clans within the office now. Okay. Um, and, and I got to say like our team size on, so we didn't, sorry, I know I'm kind of carrying on. No, no, bit, keep going. Roll on. We, we really didn't have a, when we made Mecha 5 Mercenaries, I would say we really didn't have a, a character team at Piranha. I mean, I already told you about how that story came about. We were we were a mech company. We had we had top notch artists when it came comes to creating you know hard surface characters like battle mechs, right? And, and we we were great at that, but we had no one, hardly anyone that could do a human based character. Sure. So you know we had to kind of cobble things together, and you know it's, it worked out pretty well. But you know it is what it is. This is different. I mean, you know, Prana had, employs you know probably, you know, a dozen, 15 people now that are highly skilled, both in full-blown human character creation, animation, um, you know, motion capture, as well as cinematic and, you know, creation, just, you know, cinematic directors, the whole bit. So um, I got to say, it's been really exciting because we built up an entire team at Piranha that's, you know, very capable of creating human based you know sequences which is just you know a brand new skill set for the for the company which is really cool well i i would assume too that you guys went from cryengine to unreal there's a learning curve there obviously now you've continued using it you're going to get better at it and then my understanding and again i'm just talking on my ass here but my understanding is five is you know if you know four five the the crossover of information you know a transfer of knowledge is you know pretty good there so i would yeah. assume that you guys would be more efficient does does the nanite and stuff like that how does that help or does it help with like performance on pc or the consoles because that's also one thing that i keep stressing on my streams which is what you guys are doing is going to consoles which uh i think a lot of people you know piece you know we're PC gamers, we sort of don't care about all that, but it's got a big impact. Does that help? Those technologies help with like developing, or is it just it just adds a layer of complexity, uh, just like other stuff? Uh, you're talking specifically about the Unreal Five editions. Yeah, um, there's some things there that are really 
really powerful. Um, I think Nanite in particular. Um, I'm not sure you've heard about Nanite, and I'm no pro on it either, but upgrading to Unreal 5 allowed us to do Nanite. Well, mostly. And what I mean by that is we couldn't use, and this I guess this can be the big announcement for your podcast, which isn't being a PC, you know, podcast maybe it's not the hugest announcement for you and your your fan base but um nanite was still not possible to use if we were going to support the old consoles like xbox one and playstation 4 uh we were supporting those consoles um up until very recently i think it was last week i made the decision to cut the old consoles out um for a few reasons i was watching sales figures i think when we initially shipped mercs about half of our total console sales came on the old console still. But that makes sense. The, the new consoles were very hard to find then. Um, and as things have progressed onwards, it's dropped down to maybe only about 20, 25% of our console sales. And, you know, we've still got a while to go to release. You know, we're not releasing until next year. So that could be down to 5 or 10% by then. And to me, that's not a reason to pull down the min specs. Um, hold back on some other things that could make the game better. So Nanite, now that we're on the next-gen consoles and PC, um, we're using it. And so, you know, I'm, you need to talk to tech artists, but the big thing for us was if you're using Nanite, you don't have to create level of details for your models. So, because it's just a, it's, you know, it's an amazing tool that essentially yeah. in runtime just perfectly reduces, you know, poly counts and everything, you know. So, like, before you'd make, like, five, you know, if you're this far away, it's this one. You just kind of jump between the models. So it's a lot more efficient because you probably get almost – I'm not sure how many – I'm not sure if it's infinite or how how many different level of details it produces, but it could be more efficient for frame rates, but more importantly, you're cutting out maybe hundreds of man hours of art time to create level of details to support those old consoles. So, you know, that'll help. I mean, the more – just removing the old consoles is probably freed up some unknown amount of man months when it comes to optimizing for those consoles. All these things that now every last one of those man months just goes into making the game better. So um, I think it was a no-brainer by the time I finally made the decision. Um, it's never an easy call and things like that. You don't want to like you know leave all your money on the table, but I don't think we are. I think I think things have finally progressed enough on those new consoles that we could make the decision because I could tell you like. You know, a couple of years ago, it felt like these old consoles were never going to go away because there was just so many of them, and it was still so the adoption rate it seemed like was so slow. But now it's really picked up, and I think we're quickly over the next twelve months moving towards you know almost complete uh, you know degradation of the old systems. So yeah, that was that was it's going to be good. Yeah, the, 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 just a new technology there that is really impressive. That's uh that's I mean I'm okay with that, uh, but also just from the um, you know, I've talked to some other developers and out there, the memory issues on the older consoles specifically, uh, you're very limited. Like I was like, hold on, what? Uh, it's really, really, and that does affect Talking like three gigs on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Yeah. That's but... what you get used to. And let's face it, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries uh, does not run that great on the old consoles. Like it just, just well enough to kind of get by. Yeah. It, on the original Xbox One, and in particular the original PS4, it's like memory, so bad. And in fact, MacWarrior Five Mercenary. Here's just a little nugget to like make all the PC master race, you know, like upset. 
we used to have, I mean, maybe this isn't that big a deal, but like if you go into Instant Action Manager right now, you've got like small, medium, and large, something like that. We used to have one called Extra Large or something like that. We had to cut it because of the old consoles. So you, you do take hits supporting those old consoles. So I'm, I'm happy to report that it's no longer necessary. We, we were able to cut those. Okay, so you brought up something earlier that I want to dive back into. Um, specifically, uh, story, uh, narrative. You're talking about narration and story. That's a pretty... I mean, obviously, there were story elements in, in Mercs and the DLCs, uh, but there's not a whole lot of interaction there uh, between characters. Um, it's it's usually very one-sided. Rihanna or Bahad at moment, but that that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Why why the departure from that system? Like what? Because I remember jokingly too, like um, you had just said, I don't know if it was on the podcast. I think it was on the, but you had said like, yeah, we really need to step up our game on uh, you know storytelling and narration. And then you guys got the Canadian award for like the best uh, Canadian, and it was sort of a chuckle, you know, for that. Uh, but uh, why why the shift? Because I mean, the Mercs sort of travel to Intersphere, do that sort of thing. I mean, you guys have sold over a million units. Uh, seems to be working. You're not done with Mercs DLCs wise. You've sort of said, hey, Dragon's Game, it's not the end. Um, mm-hmm. Why why the shift? Why do you feel like narration? I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I agree with yeah. you, uh, but yeah, why? Well, I think there's a few reasons. Um, one, and, and this is in no particular order, but when we went to make the clans game, I think naturally, um, you know, clan smoke jaguar, um, you you want to tell a story. I mean, you're, you're no longer a mercenary unit. It, it no longer feels interesting or sufficient to just like fly your sh- you know dropship to the next planet and just go to your drop deck and just launch down there and fight some people. Like that wasn't gonna cut it for telling a clan story. Number one. Number two, I think there was we had um, our sort of fill of procedural generated systems a bit for now, like everyone knows like there's just pluses and minuses like i'm i'm in i love everything we did about mercenaries i love the fact that like i played i played hundreds of hours of mercenaries in the process of shipping that game and i'm i continue to be amazed by you know some of the you know situation you get into in a you know a city and and you've got mechs in the ground and stuff in the air and stuff in the ground. And by the time the fight's done, the entire city's leveled. And there's like some really amazing sandbox moments that we created there. But um, there's limitations too. Like you can see that in the story, the main story arc of Mercenaries, but also even in the DLC, like even though we're quite happy with, say, the Dragon's Gambit and Rise of Roslog and Kestrel Lancers, um, you know, you're still, even those sort of linear story missions that are created for those DLCs, you can still see the fingerprints of the procedural system all over them. You know, the tile-based system and the garrisons and the buildings and the cities. So there's a lot of limitations. And, and so we felt like we have a sandbox simulator game. It's called MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. So that's, yeah, it's been kind of the piranha attitude all along. And then, you know, this part you'll know very well. Maybe not loved hearing it, but it's like we have a PvP game called MechWarrior Online. We have a PvE sandbox simulator game, co-op game. It's called 
MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. Now we're making a game called MechWarrior 5 Clans. It's also PvE co-op, but it's not a single, not a sandbox simulator. We have that on Mercs. This is a linear, bespoke campaign game. We're going to tell a deep, rich story, deeper than any MechWarrior game has ever attempted to tell before, with about the clan Smoke Jaguar, Jaguar invading uh, the Inner Sphere. So that's where the logic kind of comes down, trying to create different experiences, you know, whether you can call them market gaps or just, you know, it's a catalog of products for Piranha Games that's kind of fulfilling a different itch. Uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of add on to that and say, well, if we want to reach outside of the core MechWarrior community for a minute and say, you know, we're always trying to say, kind of re, uh, recapture, you know, mass markets, let's say. Um, We've taken a couple different stabs at that, whether it was MechWarrior Online or Mercs. And I could argue another possibility of why MechWarrior remains somewhat niche, uh, maybe even more than somewhat, let's just say niche, um, is because we're sitting in one of the richest, deepest sci-fi universes ever created, and we've never told the story. Like, no game has ever told the story still. Like, so I think possibly a way to crack that barrier down is to tell a story and we're not talking about like we're not going to be put up on the same stage as you know the last of us two and say which one's better you know storytelling like uh, i'm not saying we're approaching that level but the beautiful thing about technology as you mentioned how far that technology's come is like if you want to achieve cutscenes that are even like 80 percent as good as some of those top games that's reachable and achievable you know, by a studio even like us now with the way where technology has gone. So when you look at the, you know, animations, you know, setup we have and the motion capture setup and the so we're we're really gonna tell a high quality storyline with you know triple our storyline pipeline will be, you know, very close to a triple A sort of presentation. And I think it's gonna be interesting for not only super fans of Mech Warrior to finally get a cinematic experience like that, I think they'll be very rewarding for them. But I'm also very curious to see if if it goes broader because now we're we're kind of showing everyone like, look, we said we had a super rich universe, you know, or like maybe or they've never even heard of MechWarrior before, but when they see some of the trailers and cutscenes and things that we'll be putting out as before we ship, it's gonna come across as a totally different game, right? You think about mercenaries or MWL. Every trailer we ever cut for either of those games was really just a, you know, a, a mech fight, right? And for the first time ever, we're going to have the option of having entire trailers that don't even show a mech fight. They just show human characters aboard, you know, orbital warships having a conversation. So that's that's cool. That's going to be like, whoa, what is this game? What is this? This is mech warrior. Like, oh, like it's going to blow minds. So. I feel yeah, like that's, that's the untold aspect of Battletech games in general, which is every single one of us has read, you know, all the novels, or a lot of us have, and I've always wanted that, and I feel like none of the MechWarrior games have delivered on that. I mean, just just because of that, I want to be the main character. I want to be a part of this universe where, uh, like you said, it's not like you just drop down on the planet and rinse and repeat. It's like, hey, you're, you'd be in your lounge, you'd be 
mission brief i mean all all the stuff like just that you feel like you're connected to this bigger uh um uh you know thing going forward um and i feel like that's 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 exciting to hear cuz you know well and I, I guess i should mention also that of course no matter how how good the storytelling is ultimately you're going to end up a mech in a mech on the ground fighting mechs and you know so it's a mech it's a mech sure. so even that though will be dramatically different because i mentioned earlier like even when mercenaries tried he tries to be a sort of a linear story campaign, like say Dragon's Gambit or something. You know, we don't have very many storytelling uh, methods uh, in the front end. Um, we have more than we use in the DLCs, but that's just because the DLCs don't have the same kind of budget that Mercenaries had where we can do the full like uh, hollow table type stuff that we did even in the main game. So you're pretty much limited to, you know, there's dialogue in the missions, there's you know, interesting, you know, UI wrappers and things. But even when you get into the missions themselves, they do kind of maintain that hallmark of the procedural bones of the game. So MechWare 5 Clans has, you know, none of that, right? It's 100% custom bespoke level design, every last mission in the whole game. And we're still talking about a significant amount of playtime. Uh, just I'll take a guess. I think we it's... You know, there's going to be at least 40 missions plus another couple dozen side missions. And these are all 100% bespoke, custom-created missions. Okay, uh, I've got... seen some of the screenshots or something. Like, they're all – every last mission is created custom by a level designer. And then every last level is arted up customly by level artists, uh, world artists. So um, the multiple passes on lighting and art for each level – so everything is custom. So not just visually, but that means that it's not like before where we had like this base garrison city kind of system in, in the generation system. This can be anything we want. So like if you have to go and breach the walls of a facility and then, you know, use ECM to jam something or, you know, destroy the aerospace fighters before they take off or like it's all there for us now. Um, we can do anything we want. You know, it, it's there's not a, any limitations by uh, the procedural generation system. So that means that the mech combat itself, I think, will be at least an incremental improvement. Um, but we already do mech combat really well. So our, our combat simulation's always been what's carried us, frankly. Like a lack of story in MWO and MechWare Five Mercs has been carried by this, you know, the great, you know, mech simulation. So. The mech simulation combat simulator will still be there, and you'll still you'll definitely see at least a you know another incremental improvement on 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 that. But then you mix that in with um, you know levels that just truly feel more like you know like a high quality like FPS game has custom you know linear missions that you you go through, and that's how clans will be. So it'll be a mix of these custom linear missions. You know, mixed with the, the strong storytelling and NIS sequences, it'll definitely give off a, I think, a much higher sense of, you know, overall quality uh, on the game. Are you going to? I think mercenaries. One last point. Sorry, mercenaries. You know, again, we're looking, talking about an eighty-three plus percent game after four years. It's a quality game, but it's definitely, um, it's different. It's it's a it's more of a super fan simulation, I guess I'd say. Whereas, whereas. Um, Clans definitely has a chance of being broader, I think. I was going to say, 
one of the things I've always I felt that was lacking in Marx is you never felt you were part of an operation that was going on, like a military operation. Um, and so what I'm hearing from you, I have a question. One thing I noticed, even with the DLCs, is even the hand sort of craft and missions, you were still doing the game modes. Is this sort of diverting from game modes? Because that, you know, like you're talking and that's what I'm picturing is like, hey, it's no longer just like, you know, yeah, there's really demolition. No more, no there's really no such thing as uh, mission types anymore, okay, cool. right? Okay. Um, the only caveat might be we're not quite settled yet in how we'll handle Instant Action Manager. Like we know we'll have it, um, but we won't have a procedural system like Merck's has. So um, it'll probably be a combination. Of, well, I think at the very, you'll definitely be able to sort of play any any mission from the campaign in the Instant Action Manager. I think that's a given. Uh, but we're still thinking of um, what more we we might do there. But yeah, if you look at the you know, Instant Action Manager of MWO, it's really all the mission types that you can select, you know, combined in there. And if you're on a star map, you're picking a mission type. Um, this will be very different. Obviously, each mission you'll go on will have an objective. And it might be like, okay, go here, destroy the orbital cannons. And, you know, some of the common Battletech Macquarie tropes that you've seen before. But it's not like it doesn't have this sort of sense of being here's a mission type that the procedural mission generator can use anywhere in any mission that you choose. It's custom built into the mission, right? It's, it's not a, it's not a gener generated aspect at all. So that right there just makes it totally different. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so obviously instant actions confirmed. That's, that's another thing. So, uh, for those that may not know, you mentioned in the article co-op up to five, people so that's a little bit different um one thing i felt like was and and maybe this might be a future project but one thing i felt like that was sort of underused was co-op in the sense of like uh, like co-op game modes where your you know friends can connect and it's like a horde mode or like you know kill the zombies you know other st stuff is there mm -hmm. um have you guys thought about that internally for clans um or uh, obviously they're gonna be able to connect to you and just sort of go is it basically just what Mercs is as far as they connect to you and you play through with them? Pretty much. Like I would say it's, I would say that's pretty fair. Like there's definitely not plans to go, you know, quasi PVP or whatever with this, uh, you know, co-op game mode. Um, you can think of it as pretty much a shoe in to be, you know, PVE in the same vein. Like I think we'll make, improvements on our ui on sort of how you invite your friends in and stuff but ultimately it'll be a peer-to-peer host-centric co-op game mode okay to go beyond that which we've talked about going beyond that and then you know if there was another mechware game beyond clans um i think that would be a goal for sure uh, to go beyond that to go more full client server you know matchmaker type thing but um Clans will be be similar to Mercs. Before we go down that road, uh, what are your Say thoughts? Uh, Sorry, re replay replayability. This is one thing I thought. Obviously, you could do different max and stuff like that. Um, what are your thoughts on replayability? Is this one of those where, like, I've played like the Mech Commander campaign hundreds of times, and it's linear, but it's like mm -hmm. I can do it differently, you know, or I'll know where. Hey, there's this uh, cache over here. So I'm gonna go do this. Or like, uh, how do you 
what do you feel about replayability in that in that regard? Yeah, it's interesting. I would say some people might say, you know, Mech Commander was like they played it once and they were done. So yeah. you might be a unique case in that regard. I guess I'll start out and just being cautious and saying I don't see how it could possibly have the replayability of Mercs because Mercs is like insane. I mean, if it's not your cup of tea, then perhaps not. But sure. like there's other people that have literally played three, four hundred hours of mercenaries because it's like you can start a new career and do anything you want. You can sure. fly different areas, do different missions, try to complete everything hardcore mode or like stick with lights until you hit. You, know, who, you can do anything you want. You know, go look for the hero mechs. Um, and I thought the new mechs we put in Dragon's Gambit, by the way, were awesome. Um, not just me, the longbow, but like those custom GL Dragon and stuff. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Anyhow, um, so I don't see how it could be as much replayability. However, I will say that our campaign um, does have choices in it. And they do make dramatic changes. So I'll, that's as far as I'll go, and that's further than I should have gone. But like, um, you have a choice. And, uh, so that'll create absolutely will create replayability. So you'll have you'll have of course instant action manager. Um, but as far as playing the campaign, absolutely I, I don't think I think it's gonna be rich enough for sure that especially hardcore MechWarrior Battletech fans are, are gonna wanna play this a couple, three times minimum. Yeah. So I think that's pretty good for you know, a linear game nowadays. I'm not sure you know, most games get, you know, multiple plays through playthroughs. But I think we will. Okay. Um, with, I had a specific question. Um, <laughs> the, just escape me, just for a moment. Uh, you said uh, clan, a uh, replayability. I don't know. It's sort of, <laughs> uh, anyways. All right. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot to dive into. Is there any more, more info that, I mean, obviously, as, as, 2024 is supposed to be the release um that there will be more and more info released uh you you mentioned something earlier that i'm excited for uh the um tmc guys uh Mm. are you guys are working with them um i remember tweeting out like and again i'm not taking credit for it uh but i remember tweeting out like hey you know i know you know please use these guys. And I don't know, I'm assuming it had already been in the works or whatever, but huge shout out to the Hired Steel crew, TMC guys. They're the ones who did the mm-hmm. uh, uh, trailer sort of for you guys. Um, is that relationship, are they gonna be demonstrating like like those are the trailers and like cut scenes? Like are they working, are those the guys working on that throughout the game? Yeah, we're gonna start with the trailer or the teaser. Well, okay. I think initially, like, how we got involved with them, I didn't really expect to be. I don't remember the exact timing, Phil, if it was before or after that. Um, but uh, I think initially it was, we were, like, we need a teaser, you know, like, we need something to go out this announcement. And, uh, you know, we just didn't really have the bandwidth to take it on. And I was like, what about these guys? So, yeah, we, we started working with them, and, uh, of course, they were keen because, you know, this is their passion, and, and they want to have a break-in to the industry. This is just my interpretation. Um, so, um, yeah, we, I think we, we created a good relationship there. They're some nice guys. And, uh, yeah, the teaser was, you know, of course, a very collaborative effort because 
you know, Prana supplied all the, you know, the artwork and um, audio and music and, and, and our guys at the end put the, you know, the MechWarrior 2 bump, you know, flash stuff onto it and, and the logos and the bumpers and stuff. But like, um, they did a great job with, uh, you know, following our storyboards and creating that. So that was our first little professional interaction with them um, because, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there, really talented people in the mod community or whatever. But like, there's a big difference between, you know, doing stuff hobby wise and doing something for a professional project. So that was kind of a, a test in a sense, I guess you'd say. And, and it went great. So yeah, they are engaged for the full product. Um, so I guess I'll just say this. There's a lot of cinematics in the game, like a lot. Um, way, way, way more than someone like TMC could ever do. I mean, there, there are a few guys, right? So, but they do uh, certain things that we don't do. Like they do certain types of cinematics uh, that you know we we don't we don't do right now. Like so, I guess I'll just say this: Piranha is definitely going to be putting together like a large majority of the cinematics, like NISs and stuff. Like we're talking, I don't know what the percentage, but I guess 80% of them or something. But um, there's, there are a couple of significant, really significant moments in the game, like super cinematics, we'll call them, like some of the most pivotal moments in, in all of lore. And, um, and we tap them on the shoulder to kind of take on, I guess what I'd say is our biggest one. Um, and uh, we're hoping that we'll be able to give them another one if they've got the bandwidth in time. Uh, so we've got a couple in mind for them, I guess is what I'm saying. And so I have all the confidence in them. I think they'll they'll do great. So I'm hopeful that you know I, I'm not really. We'll see. You know, it's it's, it's again sure. like this is a and this is a you know professional project that there's tens of millions of dollars writing. So um, it's not like we just say, hey guys, here's the keys to the kingdom, sure. go. But yeah, they're heavily involved in doing a major. A major cinematic for the game right now. So it's really exciting for them. I'm glad. I'm happy for them. It's cool. Yeah. So again, quick shout out, Hired Still, if you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Just Google Hired Still. They're awesome. I remember the question now. Um, mods, because you mentioned yeah, mods earlier, and I was like, oh, that's what it was. Uh, Mercs has got a pretty, I guess, you know, uh, substantial mod community behind it. Um, it's taken a, a while for that to, to ramp up. Um, obviously, early mm -hmm. on, some hiccups, because, you know, anytime there's a patch, it was breaking stuff but you guys have done a really good job communicating ahead of time getting them information um so are you guys going to do the same with clans uh can they expect that um obviously that was sort of touted as a big feature uh when mercs mm -hmm. was announced i remember alex garden talking about it and so forth um mm -hmm. yeah no it's um it is our plan and i would say we're just a little more quiet about it, not because we don't want to do it, we want to do it, but I think with Mercs, if I'm not mistaken, we ship Mercs in like December of 2019, and like I don't know, within three, four, five, six months, we did the mod stuff on Epic Game Store or something like that. So, just to be clear, best case scenario is similar. As much as I'd love to ship it day one with the game, there's just no chance. Like, it's you know, we're all hands on deck to get this game shipped on time. So as much as we'd love to have it out day and date with the game, it's not. It'll be a follow-up feature. Um, and I hate to guess because I don't want to disappoint people, but, like, 
you know, we, we pretty much understand how to do the mod pipeline now. Um, so I don't think it's going to take overly long, but I'd hate to be overly optimistic too. So will it take three months? Will it take six? I don't know, but I'd be surprised if it took more than six. So just kind of take that, but don't take it to the bank. Uh, but we, we really hope to support mods. I mean, that's our plan for sure. I think it's been good to us on Mercs. Like, uh, it's been freeing, you know, like I know, I think for a long time there, there was just really like ill perceived notion. Like truly, I, we've been over this like 10 times together, but like that Piranha was like shutting down mods and stuff on MWO Mercs. And again, we never shut down any mods ever. Um, but just being like here, mod it, go to town um, has been awesome. It's been really freeing feelings. Like we have zero hang-ups, do whatever you want. I mean, people are modding clan next into Mercs, and some people are like, oh, is this a bad thing? It's like, no, not at all. It's great. You know, let them put them in MechWare 5 Mercs. It does not change a thing as to what we're doing. I mean, it's I think it's cool. Put them in Mercs and, you know, mod all that stuff in, but, like, you know, uh, we're creating something that, you know, can't be modded into the Mercenaries. So, uh, anyhow, long answer to your question, but, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, that's the clans. I'm sure there's more out there and more questions, but I'm, as, as we get closer, maybe we do this again, more information's out there. There was a lot in that video that I broke down on all this stuff. You guys have released the info at, you know, MechWare 5 clans as well. There's, you know, that stuff. Um, is there any, before we move on from clans, you know, you've sort of set the bar there, narration. I'm pretty stoked about that because that's something I've wanted in a game that, you know, um, uh, you know, linear missions, uh, um, I have a theory already uh, because Huntress was mentioned. Uh, and so my theory, and I saw the Timmy, my my theory is your training tutorial stuff will be at, on Huntress as part of the SIPCO, getting your trial position. For those that don't know what any of that even basically means is basically you're you're becoming a warrior in the clan and then, you know, you can go from there. And then, you know, obviously ship to the front lines uh, and the invasion and all that. Um, so you don't have to confirm. You can just nod if you want or anything cool. like that but no it sounds fun <laughs> for sure yeah i mean you know naturally our minds go there i mean i'm excited you know i'm excited this, this isn't uh we're not inventing the lore the lore's written so sure. yeah um we're going to transition to mech online um we've seen something that i forecast to be from clans which is the stone rhino you you guys mm. have had a relationship where you know crusader and you know, mm -hmm. Hatcham and stuff, crossover. Um, MechWare Online, uh, near and dear in my heart, PvP. I uh, I want to just get straight to it. Um, I think it was a few months ago, you know, I asked on Twitter and you'd made a comment around the fact of you said, uh, if you'd asked me a few months ago, I would have said no, but maybe ask me in a few more months and something might change. Mm -hmm. uh, that got us thinking. Um, obviously, we'll get into like, EG7 had a report as well, the public company, mm -hmm. and we'll get into that. But you guys sort of have a schedule for every three years and, you know, Microsoft and you guys, you know, uh, extension as far as the license and stuff. There's a lot to dive in there. But PVP, um, I feel like on a personal level, this is, I sort of realize this is as a PVP like player, I've sort of felt like we're left in the dark a little bit as far as like moving forward, like a new engine and, and, and new game, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and stuff like that. I think that's where, you know, we've had Mercs, Clans is, you know, like 
is there any uh, anything to like bite into there from that statement on Twitter? What are your thoughts on a future PVP? Yeah. You know? Well, let's start with the Twitter comment. I'm trying to remember. Um, I probably won't even remember specifically what I was feeling that day, but I think it, it goes something like this. Yeah, MechWare Online, of course, has been around for 10 years, and it's great. You know, in some ways, I would say, well, not some ways. I think it's pretty clear that um, PvP is just very, very sticky content, right? Like, um, even with MechWare 5 Mercenaries, like, um, I mean, MechWare 5 Mercs has a higher player count in any given moment. I think that's true for sure, but... You know, spiky, of course. Like, they come, they play the new DLCs and everything, and then when they're done playing the DLCs, a lot of them go back to Mercenary. So um, I think we've said this before, and I'll say it again. This is not meant as some sort of, like, I don't know, threat or something, but, like, most larger companies wouldn't have kept Mechworth online running as long as we have. I mean, it's we managed to keep it, um, in the black, so to speak, uh, but it's um, you know its margin is very low at this point. But it's it's we we love it because it's well, I mean, not only do we have a huge attachment to it, it's like you know our first MechWare game, our first self-published titles. We broke out of um, you know eleven years of co-production and everything, so it's it's super important to us, and it serves an amazing purpose even to this day of being this you know, community landing spot for all the MechWarrior players that come and buy MechWarrior 5 Mercs and play Mercs and play the DLCs, and they also have a place to go back into MWL. So I think that's fabulous. But, of course, we've known for years and years and years now that there's just really no pathway to upgrading MWL. You know, like, it is what it is. It needs a completely new. If you were going to try to upgrade it to Unreal, it'd be the, a, like a total recreation within Unreal or something, which would take you know many, 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 many millions of dollars. Uh, so it doesn't really make any sense either. And I, I know you've said this plenty of times as well. Uh, multiplayer, not just free to play multiplayer, but just PvP game design has come light years since MWL first released. So if there was a new PvP product, um, it would be, you know, drastically different design-wise from, you know, the basic, you know, 12v12, you know, match-based system that we have in MWL. So that's, you know, that's where we sit with MWL. As far as the, you know, the more of the Twitter comment, um, I think at that point I absolutely knew, of course, that clans was not going to be a PvP game. I think I made that clear. It's like, no. It, yeah, you didn't. You know, what we're working on is, you know, it's, you know, PvE, et cetera. It's not PvP. But I think the reason I said that was if, and this is a myth, like, I think if Piranha Games gets the opportunity to make another MechWarrior game beyond Clams, I do think, uh, that it would contain a uh, full PvP mode, and and I and I think I and again I'm saying think because we're talking about the deep future here. This is right now we have we're like neck deep creating clans. Like there's no 
There's no other game in development. There's no. There's only thoughts and dreams and ideas. And I just I think that idea for the future would be something that contains both. You know that that is full featured that has full full single player PVE and a full featured co-op or sorry a PVP game mode. So you know just by way of example, let's say like you know you've got your Call of Duty game and then you've got DMZ. You know the, the full featured multiplayer game mode. So I think that would be the the goal and try to follow you know, modern PvP game designs to a degree, you know, still has to be, you know, Mech Warrior at its core, you know, purely, purely a Mech Warrior experience. But um, again, those, those PvP game designs have come so far. Um, and I, I and I would be surprised, I'd be shocked, actually, if, if any future PvP game would be like a full free-to-play game. I wouldn't expect that. I think, I think the market has shifted. I think the Western market, anyhow, in North America, in other Western countries, experimented with free-to-play around the time that Micro Online came out. But um, it might work in Asia and other parts of the world, but I think Western countries have pretty much spoke at this point that it's not a model that really works here. So I would expect that it wouldn't be free-to-play. You know, this Again, you're just asking me to prognosticate. So I think I think that's why I felt like, you know what? Maybe there is a future for PvP because I now can at least see, you know, a theoretical pathway, a theoretical product. Um, but yeah, it's um, so to the EG7 presentation. Yeah, and they're a publicly traded company, and um, it was kind of interesting because it's primarily um, think of it as more of a sort of a franchise plan for the group, right? So the group EG7 owns some really interesting franchises. There's, you know, there's H1Z1 from Daybreak. There's, of course, EverQuest. Um, and there's a new, there's a relationship as per the slides uh, between um, EG7 and Cold Iron, the makers of uh, Alien Fireteam game. So there's basically a franchise plan forming in, in the mind of the CEO of EG7. And it's really cool to see that Piranha, you know, is playing a role in that plan. You know, we have a home. It's like they see us as, you know, having sort of this franchise plan uh, for MechWarrior. But for now, that's really what it is. It's just sort of a, we see Piranha possibly having this franchise plan for MechWarrior. But of course, we understand that it's going to, it's going to take, you know, you know, conversations with Microsoft and, and, and things like that. So, um, that's kind of where it sits for now. It probably came across as much more uh, locked in, or I'm not sure if it did to you or not, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool to have another game for 2027. Like I think the slide said, um, that'd be great. But right now, you know, that is not a product that's in development, I guess, right? There's still, there's still, we got to get, uh, we got to get, you know, this game out and who knows what will happen here in the next six months. And, We'll see. See if we do get to get started on another one. That'd be amazing. But so with that, we'll find out until <laughs> ages from now. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say. So, uh, is it fair to assume you are in talks with Microsoft about uh, getting an extension by that comment? Yeah, we're we're always talking to them. I I would say that um, we have an excellent relationship with Microsoft right now. They're um, they're great. 
they have great guys over there. Uh, they treat us really, really well. Uh, that relationship, I think, has really, really improved over the last two, three, four, five years, just getting better and better. And so, yeah, we're always talking to them. And, um, you know, it took a conversation with Microsoft to get this standalone clans game. Um, and they supported us on that. So uh, they've really said yes to us every step of the way when it came to, you know, what we've asked for. Um, I think anything beyond MechWare 5 clans is definitely a much bigger ask because uh, it's, you know, going into a whole new sort of echelon of products and maybe, you know, next-gen MechWarrior. And so, yeah, but they've been great. We have great, we are always having conversations with them. And yeah, of course, we're, we're talking to them about everything, whether our next DLCs to, you know, hey, what's next for MechWarrior? We're, we're, we're talking to them about everything. Okay. Uh, earlier you mentioned, uh, and it's, interesting because you you followed up sort of you basically said your vision would be releasing let's just say mech 6 and it would be whatever but then on the side you'd have a multiplayer aspect um you mentioned earlier like dedicated servers and it's interesting because like i thought about <clears throat> the complications when you're i think you're right as far as the the market like all the free-to-play games now are it's all cosmetic and you've made it very clear that like yeah the, that's very difficult to do with MechWarrior. Massive scales. Even Fortnite yeah. only makes the money it makes because of the absolute scale of what the game was. Yeah. It doesn't actually monetize that well overall compared to like the Asian free-to-play game or something. Yeah, They just have like hundreds of millions of players so they, yeah. they can make it work. So it's it got me thinking because the more and more I thought, I was like, okay, it's shift. I mean, you've sort of seen that model with um, you know a season pass, like a subscription, basically. That's that's sort yeah. of what this system is. But like, I, I was saying this a few, I think last week on my stream, I was like, what if they just, you know, I was talking about Marks. So I was like, what if they just release or give the ability to have like dedicated servers, and then you let the community do whatever they want, or you know, like. Uh, or why not release a product? And so if someone wants PVP, they would have to buy that product, which still is a win-win because you sell, you know, X game to be able to get access, which is reminiscent of the older sort of style. I don't know what that's called. Like, uh, like buy 50 bucks and it's yours and then you have access and then you could yeah, have... premium premium product model. Okay. So Neckware 5 Mercenaries is a premium model. So it's always clans. Um, it's purely, you know, buy the game and then, you know, buy the DLC if you want. So... I guess I would. The only thing I'd change about what you said was I wouldn't think of it as like a PvP game, like on the side. It's more like I don't know. I hate giving examples because people start to think, well, that's what you're going to be, and it's don't take that as being the case. But like, my understanding is like you can play, you know, Destiny Two, and you can play Destiny Two as like single player co-op, but there's like a PvP mode. Or um, I think the modern approach to a game would just be, and this is a big game, like meaning, and obviously. There's a reason that, you know, we did what we did with our products. And there's still big games by a certain developer our size perspective when you're talking about tens of millions of dollars. But uh, you're talking about, you know, 50, 60, who knows? Like, it's it's a lot of money to create a high-quality game that has a full-featured single-player aspect with possibly co-op included, but also having, like, a full-featured, you know, PvP um, aspect to that game. I won't, I won't say side mode or, like, on the side, I'll do. I'll use the term, you know, PvP aspect to it. So it's like, okay. it's every bit as much of an aspect as the main game. There's like single player and the storyline, the co-op and the PvP, and it's just all one big, yeah. you know, experience. So 
that's that would be awesome. That would be amazing. You know, it's you know, MechWarrior's MechWarrior's great. You know, I've uh, I've been working on MechWarrior games a lot longer than I thought I was going to work on MechWarrior games. So, um, if we get the opportunity to do more, I think that'd be that'd be amazing. It's interesting too, uh, uh, not to go down a negative path, but recently the news of like HBS has laid off a lot of staff and. It struck me the parallels between, you know, uh, HBS had a solid product, comes out, does really well. Paradox comes in, acquires the company. You guys have MechWare Online, it's success. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think MechWare's Online success is bigger too because it'll let you the freedom to be able to create that Mech 5. Mech 5 mm-hmm. comes out, you have the numbers that you do, success. Here comes EG7, they acquire you. Uh, one company went away from the IP and it, you know, uh, they're let off, I think, 80% of staff. They don't really know the... the. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's one of those things where you don't have to comment on that. I, it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but I was, I was making the parallel of like moving away from the IP and you guys have sort of been the torchbearers of MechWarrior. Leaned into it more, yeah. And, and, you know, you've got clans. You're sitting here saying, hey, it's not out of the possibility of us getting an extension. We're still in the talks of... And I mm-hmm. feel like uh, that's one unique thing about this community in like... IP is like it's got a pretty dedicated base. I, I forgot the term EG7 the guy used, but basically he was like, "You've got some hardcore fans." That's basically what he said. He's like, "The mm-hmm. margins are good, sales are good, the hardcore fans mm-hmm. are moving that yeah, forward." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't really know a lot about almost nothing about the HBS situation. I think, or so I shouldn't say, yeah, HBS. Um, I think the major staff layoff happened several months back. July, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we yeah. just, uh, it's just. I can't remember when that happened because we were seeing, we were seeing some applications and stuff and I was like, oh shit. So there hasn't been any news yet um, after, I mean, there was the news that Paradox was writing down the game, but they still maintained that, that 20% staff, right? On HBS over there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know other than I think Lamplighters, I, my point to all that bring that up was yeah. the six, it, it's they brought up in a post it was anonymous that basically said like there was a passion internally to do like battletech 2 yeah but i think what's important is they also said well then you've got microsoft's cut no one really knows yeah. obviously that's you're not going to share that yeah. steam also has 30 percent. so if you're a developer i mean those and you're predominantly on steam like they are because they don't have a client like i still use the original client i don't you know uh but yeah those that, let's just say it's 10 percent for microsoft that's 40 percent of your just gone, yeah. just off top. Yeah. That's no, I, I get it. I think Paradox, um, just didn't you know want to have original IPs, and I think I don't know a lot about Paradox, but I know that they had quite a bit of success as a company. The way they grew to the size they were was through a lot of original sort of like, I don't know, RTS and like turn-based style games, um, and so I think they felt like they could just continue to create new IPs and. And they went for it. Um, they have some great storytellers there when they did that. Like obviously Jordan Wiseman, he's he's not he hasn't been there for a while, but you know him and Mitch and stuff. So there's some strength there at creating IPs for sure. So you know they went for it, but creating IPs is hard, very hard. So I think EG7 just has a bit of a different strategy. I think from our perspective, and I will you know you need to talk to G, the CEO of uh, of the group, to get you know his perspective, but. We've got kind of a mix, right? I mean, thankfully, we, we own some really strong IPs with, you know, EverQuest and some of the brands like that. Um, 
but then some of the others are really strong licensed IPs. And yeah, your cut isn't as big, but um, established IP has a lot of value. Um, yeah. It's really, really hard to go out there and create your own IP. So, you know, every developer dreams of creating their own IPs. We've had those moments as well, um, but happy to be working in this brand. Okay. Um, and again, didn't want to bring up too too much of Debbie Danner. I just that was something that recently came yeah. out, so I just figured I. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, one stayed with BattleTech, one moved on. And um, speaking of like the like, I guess this is a side sort of as a you know CEO president of a company. I know you talked in the past about um, Epic Game Store, and you. I remember you reflecting. You said at the time we needed to do it. I think it was the right decision. If you don't need the money, don't do it. With how is that, I guess, from your side with Steam and because I mean, EG like or the Epic Game Store was sort of, you know, when they launched, it was like you can be the alternative. So we take less money than Steam and then mm -hmm. people were taking sides. And I'm like, hey, the competition's good on both sides. But um, Steam does. That's the market, you know, where they are. Is that difficult to I mean, from a business standpoint, having potentially 40 percent or whatever, or is it one of those? It's like, well. 60% is better than 0%, you know, like, is that, is that sort of what you just have to do? I've never asked you that. So I just figured out. No, it's difficult. I think it's difficult for sure. Having someone take, you know, a huge percentage, um, no doubt about it, but it comes down to the volume of units that you can sell, right? Like I, um, steam is still drastically bigger. Um, uh, lot like yeah. some game it's probably different for every game but like some games that go on both platforms or all the platforms the same might still sell 80 plus percent of all their pc units on steam so okay. um it's the reach and um yeah so i think it is unfortunate in a sense like i i, I really respected what epic was doing like trying to push down the percentage um and I wish they'd been more successful in in influencing Steam, um, but they really weren't. You know, there's a there's a reduction in royalty on Steam if you hit particular big targets, like if you sell like twenty, thirty million. I can't remember numbers. So indie games will never see that. Um, you know, we might see some longer term, with, but it's it's small reductions. So um, yeah, it's too bad. I, I wish uh, I wish there would have been stronger downward pressure from epic onto like steam and stuff so we could have seen something a lot smaller than 30 percent but you know in the end it is what it is i don't think it's right i guess i'll just talk from a developer's perspective i think 30 percent is way too high i think their profit margins are like astronomical and i think they could absolutely afford to be giving us developers better rates than they are but it's a monopoly what can i say no gotcha they charge they charge what they charge. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, it's, you know, this game, of course, I, we already said this, I think in the article, we probably did. One of my bigger regrets on, you know, Mercs was the, just the fact that we were such a scattershot release. I mean, there was Epic Game Store for like almost 18 months and then there was Steam and Xbox and then several months after that we were PlayStation. It was just a mess. So like, um, we've spent the last, you know, three years, two and a half years since then um stabilizing that with all these simultaneously shipped dlcs and kind of building up the marketplaces on playstation and xbox and you know steam and everything 
So I'm really hoping that the market's in a really good spot and they're prepared for clans in a way that they weren't prepared for mercenaries in that, you know, we're definitely the plan is to sim ship, you know, everywhere all, all at once. Okay. Um, side tangent from here, but uh, Phil Spencer, I don't know much about him, but he's mentioned Mech Assault a few times. It's blown up on Twitter. People ping me. Um, obviously part of Microsoft. He's mentioned Mech Assault. Obviously, you guys, Mercs is on console. Clans is going to be on console. Mm -hmm. I just feel like uh, Mechasol brought in a lot. Like, have you guys, like, have you, ever, have you ever just thought about, like, yeah, maybe we should, like, do something like that or do a Mechasol or a different type of arcade sort of shooter? Because, like, I remember I used to not like Mechasol because I was elitist or whatever, but I've realized, mm -hmm. like, it shipped with the consoles and it was, it brought a lot of people to Battletech that maybe never would have got into it and i know i just figured i'd just ask you yeah. uh, as a side it's tangent. interesting i'll give you my perspective on that um and i do have one so as far as phil spencer goes yeah like um you know he's multiple levels above my pay grade so i've never met the man or talked to him um but it is cool that it, he's you know i think it was a couple of years ago he said something pretty much the same right um so i view that as good i view that as positive i think that um puts us again in a good position to just in general have MechWarrior conversations with Microsoft. Um, and, uh, you know, when he kind of said it, he kind of said MechWarrior or MechAssault, MechWarrior, almost kind of combining them. So I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. So I don't know exactly what he meant. But again, I'll just say that, like, yeah, there's really, really good, clear communication lines with Microsoft right now. So I think that's great. So they're thinking about it, it sounds like, and, and you know, we're making MechWarrior games and we're talking to them. And to your question, I'll give you a little perspective on MechAssault. Um, they were, so I don't know the exact sales figures, but they were pretty decent sellers from, from Microsoft back in the day. But the industry has changed so much in those 20 years that like, I'm just going to give you by way of example, and these numbers might not be accurate, but let's say MechAssault sold, you know, I don't know, a couple million units each you know pretty good successes for back in 2002 2003 when you know xbox was just getting going nowadays of course again this is just russ's opinion um mech warrior isn't going to or microsoft isn't going to make a mech a mech assault game thinking they're going to sell a couple two or three million units right i mean the, microsoft isn't going to do something unless they think they can sell i don't i'm not sure what i'm just just my guess but let's just say six, eight, 10 million units, right? It has to be a big game. They only have so much bandwidth, they want to work on big projects. That's how all these big companies are now. They got to, So that's good for you though, right? And good for studios yeah, yeah, like you be. or it, smaller it or, I mean. Yeah, it could be. Um, and I'll give you another little, just a, another Russ opinion is that if you go back to when Mech Assault was released and you compare it to say the Mech Warrior game at the time, which had been around Mech Warrior 4-ish, right? Okay. Um, I think that the differences were drastic, like meaning the Mech Assault game was like this drastic sort of arcadey experience compared to that. But I would say based on technology, based on advancements in control design and a whole bunch of factors, that line has been blended significantly. I would say it's almost been completely blended. If you take, even though I would say Mech Warrior Mercenaries is, Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries, is a pure mech warrior experience through and through like it's 
it's definitely a mech warrior game. If you pick up that game now and our new kind of FPS centric control scheme that we have and pop yourself into third person and fly around one of the city maps, getting into a fight with your Xbox control in your hand, your PlayStation five control in your hand, and you're in third person. That experience now is like, if you think back about it and go, Oh, interesting. That's like, pretty much like 80% of the way there of what the Microsoft experience was. So, you know, if I'm talking to Microsoft, I would just be saying, look, I don't think we necessarily need this separation of the two, unless you want to take Microsoft all the way to Armored Core 6 or something, then okay. I mean, you know, that's different. But otherwise I would say, you know, we've made, I think really big strides at Prana to kind of keep the mech warrior feeling, but to kind of, bring that accessibility to that controller and third person control scheme that almost feels like, you know, all, you're most of the way there to a Microsoft game. And I think, you know, we'll make a few further strides with clans. Um, anyhow, so I just think that's an interesting thought that I had one day. People might realize you go, Oh, you know what? He's right. Like if you actually play it on a controller in that perspective, it's pretty dang close to. So I would say the areas that were, that are left in the game to kind of reduce complexity are, around the front end and around the mech lab experience. And I know that might be a triggering thought. People don't want less advanced, you know, uh, mech labs, at least your listeners don't like they, they still prefer MWO, you know, complexities to say mech warrior fives. But I do think we're making progress in researching sort of a, a basic slash advanced um, scheme. So essentially doing a much better job of letting people choose between the advanced scheme or the basic scheme. So if you want, have all the complexity of MechLab as much as you want. Or click a button on the UI that says you want basic interface and it's just like, I don't really want to worry about any of it. I want my mech fixed and the way it was and I want to go back out. So these are just high-level thoughts. But we, we've made basic minor, minor strides on that in Mercs. I feel like clans will make some more progress in sort of an advanced basic sort of um, outlook, but I think that's an area for a lot further research. Um, if there was a future MechWarrior game, because definitely want to ideally cater to hardcore MechWarrior fans, but also, as you say, have um, I think the controls and the perspective and the camera angles and everything have come quite a ways to being more adaptive to a first-time user, like or just playing. Um, but it's the UI, the menu fatigue that can still, you know, knock out all the casuals, as, as I guess as you'd say. So. Casuals can become hardcore, but we need, you know, you need to get them playing, I don't know, some magic number of hours before they become, you know, hooked and become hardcore kind of thing. So we, I think we can do a much better job. And I don't think it's about having a tutorial as much. Those things help. But, like, I think the biggest, we used to always say, like, it's the, it's the torso twisting thing, the tank controls in a first person perspective that's the biggest deterrent for a new player. And I think that was true. I think most of that's been overcome now with the new uh, controller scheme with the controllers in a third person camera angle. But now I think maybe our number one deterrent would be uh, menu fatigue for a new player. And you go into Mercs and go, what is going on here? Like, just like, what yeah. is this? It's a lot. So, yeah, that's an in- ramblings but no it's an interesting conversation because um i've sort of taken a like look back in time mech 2 mech 3 was just the tabletop literally the tabletop like build sheet that's all so you could do whatever you want 
Mech 4, I, I can see, I remember when it first came out because it changed like the default canon loadouts, but like I could see actually where they were going because they were like, hey, doesn't make sense like being able to put weapons anywhere, but yet they're supposed to look like this or it was like, hey, doesn't make sense to be able to put ammo in your legs. Wouldn't the ammo just be, why not just, you know, like, oh, it's an uptick arrow. It adds ammo. So it's like it, what they did is I feel like they got rid of some of the like un, the tabletop leftovers of like complexity and then just sort of like that that was one thing i felt like it did really good and then obviously mwo marks reintroduced the critical slot system kept the hard point system but it also i the more and more i played it over the years i've just realized it's like a if you don't know what you're doing it's like a it's like a tetris game and if you aren't good at oh. tetris then that leads to problems and so i i've always i've sort of said this like how do you advance in um, the design, like core design of like customization? Because that's what it is. Like people will say mech lab. I mean, sure, call it whatever you want, but it's customization. Yeah. How do you customize your mech? And how do you take a uh, uh, antiquated systems up to modern age? And then how do you how do you revamp that? So it's not as like, like I mean, you know, mech forward, like they got rid of like the critical slot system, like Indo and Pharaoh. Those were just, you know, like check boxes and. It's like, yeah, do you need that? Or like, and I've asked, like, what does a MechWare game make? I've asked people, and I was like, does, is that customization? Is that, you know, uh, anyways, it's, it's a, yeah. One thing I've realized. Think, well, of course, MechWare Online has like the most advanced mech lab of yes. all time. I mean, it's got very it, complex, like yeah. literally yeah. everything. Um, and, you know, we took some lumps with Mercs because we tried to go simpler. Um, I thought we ended up in a pretty good spot because it was, you know, it was still, um, you had the hard points. Um, we just didn't, we didn't really, as ever, there's no, you know, bloating of hard points like we have in MWO. We're just like, oh, you have seven here now because we yeah. need this variant to be different, you know. And, uh, you know, there's more limitations, but um, still from a, you know, more of a casual, so to speak, it's still complex. So, and I guess it's, Less about the complexity, but there's just there's this innate um, flow issues you get where your mech is damaged, and you know you can kind of hit just a boop, repair button in Mercs, but that only works most of the time, right? Like if you've got an arm blown off and you don't actually have the Gauss rifle that goes there, you still get situations where you're like repair all, and it says great, I'm repairing all. When it gets done repairing, you realize you still don't have a Gauss rifle in there because we've made some strides where it'll automatically buy things from the market, I think, but there isn't one on the market. You still get into these situations where, you know, people outside of MechWare, they're used to playing with the games. Those types of situations are just not acceptable. Like a publisher would look at us and say, what? You made a game where you come out and you're damaged and you can't even repair it because you don't have the weapon. Like that's that's weird. That's one of those MechWarrior weirdities, you know, to the to other people outside of MechWarrior. So we do the things we can to mitigate those things, but it does feel like MechWarrior is always battling that type of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, if you know anything about gamers, like people like Tarkov, like mm. Mm -hmm. people are okay with the UI system there. I, I go in a game like that, I'm like, uh, okay, I guess, you know, and so I guess different strokes for different folks and stuff like that. I just, um, you know, I know in our last conversation, um, you know, you talked about the, the core audience and expanding and, um, and the, you know, difficulties there and just how do you bring 
How do you bring yeah, that? I think uh, Mech Warrior. I think Mech Warrior always be niche, and I think being niche is fine. We just want to be larger niche. I think the goal isn't necessarily like, wow, man, we're going to make this as accessible as, you know, name your big game, Call of Duty or whatever. No, but I'd like to think there's a future sometime in the near future, even maybe with the clans release or, or some other future release that, you know, we capture a bigger niche market, like maybe two to three X where we are now. Because even if we got two to three times bigger than we are now, we'd be significantly more successful, you know, sales-wise, revenue-wise, and the profits would be significantly more meaningful, which would create more opportunities for MechWarrior. So it'd be all good, but we would still be, you know, orders of magnitude below, you know, the big dogs, of course. Um, But I'd like to see it grow. Yeah. Okay. So going back to MechWarrior line, last time we talked, uh, you basically got straight to the point. You said, hey... (laughs) <laughs> the juice has got to be worth the squeeze. The numbers aren't really there. MWO is getting the resources that the market basically sh- uh, shows. You mentioned a little while ago, hey, the lights are still on. That They're not being shut off. But, you know, again, mm-hmm. just to sort of iterate, um, you know, uh, from your perspective, um, is that just going to be the, is that sort of the status quo moving? Because I've realized, too, is, as, it's better just be for like, I would rather just know like, okay, yeah, just FYI, like this is the status quo. We're moving in 2024. Be, we've been getting maps. We have a map designer. We have a, uh, um, a new, I guess, designer, I guess would be Tios is now part of the uh, team now. And he's been diving into some other aspects too and, and getting stuff like new weapons, uh, which mm-hmm. is shaking some things up. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mecha Online and as far as like resources and dedication and stuff like that? Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's status quo, for sure. Um, I would say twenty twenty three is you already know kind of what that's been about, and the twenty twenty four I expect will be very much the same. <laughs> so it, it is what it is now. It's kind of cool though that we do have some dedicated resources there on the level side and design side, and um. Guys, like I said, there's weapons and things, and there's more ideas floating around. I've heard them have some of their meetings, and so it is cool that we are getting some releases with content now. Um, it has been able to benefit from some of the stuff we're doing on the other side, of course, with uh, the release of the Crusader and the Hatchetman and stuff. And, um, and yeah, it's quite obvious that you know you're going to get the longbow. I don't know if Matt's even said that yet, but I mean, it's it's going to happen. Um, so you know, we'll see. I think, uh, you know, if there's some more DLC for Mercs and if we do put chassis in those expansions and they're probably going to be new chassis, right? Because we already have kind of a match one for one between the two games. So anything new we do is going to be new for MWO. So I would say steady as she goes, um, at least as far as I can tell, you know, as long as the player base stays, um, what it is there's really no way to predict if it will hit some moment in time where it you know truly drops off but it's it's been you know it's been consistently just what it is now for a number of years so okay obviously and i mean i've had some questions uh in regards to mwo um the cauldron was asking stuff like that but i think most of those have to do with resources allocation to mwo so like i you know, I could go into the weeds, but I don't think you're connected directly with that. That's Matt Darren's 
uh, area. Yeah, no, not really. I, I, you know, I get the high level update from that. You know, honestly, uh, once a quarter, but pretty much they're trusted to just run that team. I, I didn't even know they were putting the new weapons into MWO until they were out. Like, I've one hundred percent been in, whether it's Mercs and DLC or clans, of course, and you know, other higher level future dreams and whatnot. So, MWO is absolutely uh, Matt and his team run that game, and you know he's battling for resources with the you know the Mercs guys and the Core Five Mercs and clans guys and you know, figuring out how he can get his chassis in and get his legendary mechs in. And, you know, he um, he pretty much has to sort of, uh, you know, scrap and fight for, you know, art and resources here and there to make things happen. And he's committed to doing that. So, yeah, you'll need a podcast with Matt and those guys to really kind of dive into the weeds there if they're willing to dive into it with you. So, um, yeah, I, but I, I, want, I, don't know what's, I don't know what's coming out the rest of the year. Stuff. Yeah. Um, similar stuff. It's a similar cadence. You know, it's Matt's got his plan. It's around the new uh in a new theme of you know legends or whatever yeah okay um with that uh one of the limiting resources that keeps coming up in all the conversation with the cauldron and pgi is engineer resources there or in this case the lack thereof last july we got the um you know the new skill tree revamp it's been great mm -hmm. by the way um we got a few other changes uh is that i asked this just because of like you say it's status quo is uh does the like is the commute can the community like make a thread and be like hey russ we really need this uh, is the case to be made for matt and darren like uh because there's a few things like uh you know matchmaker and and little other things that you know they need some time on target is that still yeah it's a possibility or is it like you know hey again status quo oh i mean it's it's a possibility i think the challenge with engineering resources, I want you to think about it like this when it comes to engineering resources. It's not that, say, we've determined that MWO makes so little revenue that it can never have an engineer on it. Um, but it's more the situation where MWO is so mature now and on this kind of custom cryogenic tech base that all the big dogs that once worked upon it, you know, heavy hitters that have now created, you know, MechWare 5 Mercs and creating MechWare 5 clans, um, they've moved well beyond. So now you have a situation where it's like, okay, even if we had an engineering resource, it becomes, everything becomes monumental. Like, I don't remember for sure the workload in, um, uh, the skill tree change. But as I recall, I think we had to actually redirect a couple of our kind of heavy hitters, so to speak, back over there for a time to make that happen. And we did. I mean, the stars aligned. I can't remember for whatever reason. It was between DLCs or something. And, and we bit the bullet and made that happen. Um, that likely won't happen again. So there needs to be things that are more doable by... I guess you'd say more junior engineers or people that are more certainly more fresh to the project and don't understand the CryEngine code base like in and out. But also, it's just every request is, is kind of massive, right? Like if you say, you know, the matchmaker. So like on the matchmaker, for example, we, we have an amazing, you know, matchmaker adjustment tool 
where we can adjust all sorts of things from like number of heavies to like tonnage and like all this stuff. I forget it. All. I used to, I used to tweak that in live constantly back in the day. But if it's something that goes beyond that, where you need to get into the code and actually change the matchmaker to some, and if we all agree on what that is, um, what I'm trying to get at here is it seems like it's, it feels like it's not a matter of us just saying here, here's a full-time engineer. Let's put them on MWO. I'm not sure that a single engineer is even enough to move the needle. That's the problem. Like, if it was MechWarrior 5 clans in, inside of Unreal 5 and we have a single engineer, I feel like that single engineer can actually do a lot and we can get real stuff done. On the CryEngine stuff on MWO, it's like, give me some more examples, but like, you're not gonna if you let's say hey man we want to add PVE, well you you, know, you gotta have like four or five heavy senior engineers for like a year right it, it, the type of resources are just never gonna happen. So if you think of some smaller things, I don't know if, if we can think of stuff that's. You, it might come making sense. Yep. It's like it's it feels like everything in in MWO is just so big that it's not a matter of us just saying kind of like how you have the level design guy we have a level design guy there and we have like a designer there now like just adding like an engineer i'm not sure that they're going to be able to do anything um but you know it depends what ideas come out maybe maybe there's some ideas that are possible but it just feels like every change in nwo is is just such a undertaking yeah, um, I mean, that, that code base. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we don't, there's no mods. There was one mod, Living Legends was trying to do something in Mercs, and then they did their own thing, and now they're done for. Um, it, you know, it's not like we have dedicated servers for Mercs or the ability. Mm -hmm. Like, again, I don't know if that's ever been asked from the community to you guys, because, you know, as PvP, I think a lot of players, again, you know, you mentioned be great to do a project in 2027 and i'm you know we're all sitting over here like damn that's a that's would that be releasing in 2020 that's a long time to play you know mecha online uh and then you know that sort of fear of you know, hey are we gonna have the same numbers next year what about two like are you you know like stuff like that so it's not like we can jump ship to you know oh hey the you know that new pvp mod and and mercs uh you know that's that's really yeah. not possible no i get uh, it i so. get it yeah there's really no possibility of adding the full client server aspect to mercs i mean yeah i'm not surprised that they you know it's a massive undertaking you know there's a reason why um we did what we did as far as you know the pve co-op whole space you know peer-to-peer -peer method for Mercs and clients. Um, adding the full client server and PvP aspect really doubles your budget for the game. So, um, yeah, no, I feel you. Um, so for now, it's just it's mercenaries. Um, sorry, Mercs. What am I saying? Uh, MWO. I guess MWO Mercs. And it kind of gets confusing. But yeah, MWO is it. So, you know, you're getting maps. You got some weapons. Um, I don't know. I'd love to hear what that that idea list is. Maybe there's some something on there that's like, okay, that's achievable. But, you know, is it just sort of like pecking at flies a little bit now? Like, meaning, is it going to make a, a measurable difference? Yeah, the matchmaker, fair. the matchmakers, 
You know, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that one because the challenge is the pool size, right? Um, I think we need to be willing to – I play a lot of World Tanks still, as you know, and I've seen them do some things where low tiers now, they basically fill those with bots. Because um, even their, their North American player base is, is nothing like a Europe one. Right? The Europe server is huge, but North America's server gets down to about 4,000 online in the middle of the night. So you think about that. Um, MWO is maybe – I haven't looked in a while, but um, I don't know. Well, it's less than that. Maybe, sure. maybe we're six hundred to a thousand in the middle of the night or something. I don't really look, but um, yeah, I'm just saying. Even a game like that, it's about. And then you know the match matches over there, are brutal dude. Like it's it's nothing but uh, runaway wipeouts one side or the other. You're either on the t- team that's winning fifteen to two, or the t- team that's just getting absolutely farmed fifteen to two. It's rare to get a competitive match. And they have, you know, you look at their matchmaker pool, they actually show when you click launch and it shows how many of each type. We show percentages, they show numbers. But maybe there's like 100 people in the matchmaker pool and they're putting together 15 versus 15 matches and they're matching tiers too. So it's not a very big pool. And uh, for us, again, it's been a while since I looked. We're doing 12v12, but you might have a situation where the matchmaker doesn't want to make people wait. People don't like waiting. So I've watched it. As soon as it pretty much finds, I haven't watched it in a long time, but it finds a combination that meets the rules, that's 12v12, you know, off it goes. It doesn't let everyone sit there and say, well, let's give it another minute to see if a better combination shows up. You know, it wants to get that match kicked off because people are waiting and they don't like waiting a long time. It's always, so with our player base size now there, I really feel like, I don't, I'm not so sure there's a way to make it better. Like it's, I'm, I think I'd be more, I've been reticent to put resources on that because I just, if I had a belief that like, oh, wow, that's an amazing sure. idea that will absolutely make the matches more competitive. Let's do it. <clears throat> I think I'd commit the resources, you know, if it was reasonable, but no one's able to come to me with that. And in fact, I'm like, you know, didn't we basically try that like six different times over the 10 years and like, didn't, wasn't it like the same? Like, yeah, I kind of remember that too. It's like, okay, so what are we doing here? Like, I understand the desire from the community to have resources to keep freshening up the game they love. That's awesome. But I think we definitely need to come up with ideas that are sort of like no-brainers. Maybe the skill tree minimization thing just felt like, okay, this is a no-brainer for all these reasons. So we made it happen. I do think we'll also like make it happen if other ideas are brought forward that are truly like, wow, that'll be meaningful. So okay. I guess that's my ending message, you know, that you community can, if, if Matt, those guys come to me and say, look, the community came up with this idea and we actually think like this one rises to the crop top. This is meaningful. Um, yeah. I think you'd get serious consideration. All right. It's, it's, it's all right. Um, yeah, uh, MWO stuff. I'm yeah. I'm kind of tapped out there. I think as far as, you know, meaningful updates I can give you probably. Okay. Um, I had a question. You guys are going to be launching 2024. Are we going to see another Metcon? Because I never actually got to like just go and hang out and obviously selfishly like to, but uh, a lot of people have been asking, like uh, you guys always did it big though. Uh, is that something where you've thought maybe a little bit more low key and a little bit more 
just chill, relax. I mean, have you have you thought? Is that crossed your mind? Because it was a pretty cool experience. I think a lot of people, you know, like took the vacation time and you know traveled and you know, is that? Yeah, um, yeah, it's crossed our mind. I would say for the first time since 2018, for various reasons, obviously COVID in the middle of that. Um, I think for the first time in like the last six years, it kind of feels possible you know it's like we're thinking about obviously shipping we got to ship our game next year and um you know we think about that and you know marketing and like yeah i mean the notion of metcon has it's come up um i don't know how likely it is but it was zero percent for a while um now it feels definitely much greater than zero uh, I don't know if it's above 50 yet. You know, it's hard to give percentages, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's 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 popping up in our minds. And I guess I think the biggest reason would be, um, you know, as you've seen from the EG7 presentation too. Like for a long time there, really wasn't sure what the future of MechWarrior was for us, right? And I still don't know for sure, but like it kind of felt like for a while there, you know, um, I think I've maybe told you this story before. Maybe I haven't. You know, like. Uh, there's a reason the Heroes of the Inner Sphere DLC uh, for Mercs had so many mechs in it. Like, that was a dumb DLC by us because, like, we literally gave away, like, every mech we had in one DLC. There was a time when I thought, that was it. That was going to be the last DLC. Um, for various reasons, you know, the acquisition of the company, and um, I just wasn't sure if, you know, talking about H HBS and, and, you know, I wasn't sure either you know, which way things would go with, you know, MechWarrior. But of course, you know, we should have been a little smarter about how we spaced out our mechs and stuff because now we're on DLC, we just shipped DLC 5. And we're making a whole other game called MechWarrior 5 Clans. So, and then of course you saw in the presentation of EG7, I think there's some, at least some desire there to see if we can't establish more of a actual planned, you know, franchise cadence. So I think all that knowledge especially that last bit really changes everything, right? It's like, okay, well, maybe there could be, you know, a Metcon, but that's as far as the thoughts gone so far. You know. When, when something like that, I, I think what's interesting looking at the hearing someone from EG7 talk, but also the business side, I think as a fan, it's important to realize like, you know, the, what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, they're very much a numbers people, but you know, like stuff like, margin got brought up you know the margin there was a dip for uh mercs uh, i know you guys did a lot of um like influencer promotion stuff and i know that eats into cost so that my speculation was yeah there's the the margin you know there but you guys the margins have been good and they mentioned as much um <clears throat> so as far as like uh you know looking at that when you is it just more of the confidence of the parent company eg7 wanting to invest like you know like hey you know like uh here's x amount or is it more just the success and maybe the relationship talks with microsoft and the positive thoughts you guys are getting so they're like yeah this is this whole like idea of like hey every three years you know and if they're saying that too in my mind i'm going okay so a five-year extension isn't going to cut it in that i mean you guys i mean and again you've sort of said if if you launch you you need time to recoup your investment 
Um, mm -hmm. So when is that sort of, am I right in that as far as like you're getting good feelings from EG7 as far as yeah, investment? Yeah, well, I think one thing I'd say there is with premium product releases like Clans and uh, Mercs, generally when a license expires, you don't have to take your products off the market. Sure. So it's it's more of like, you know, get the product shipped. So in that regard, you know, I guess as long as, you know, five-year extension might go, might be long enough, say, to get a game out in 27, et cetera. So there's that. And then the other thing, yeah, I just think it all adds up. Um, in the end, of course, money and success is the most important thing. So, like, I think Mercs did well. Um, but it'd be really great if clans did better. You know, sure. I think it's got a chance. Um, it's got it's the clans again. It's got the very recognizable, you know, Mad Cat on the cover. Um, we'll have a very different take on our, I think, our marketing and trailer approach leading up because we've got that, you know, characters and human characters. And, you know, that's much more broader reaching. So I'd love to see clans do, um, uh, you know, a noticeable step in sales. Yeah. If that happens, then I think things like Metcons just become drastically more likely you know so yeah and then you know let's continue our conversations with eg7 and with microsoft and things that's just one thing i've learned and i think you've learned too phil all the years talking to me like things evolve things change so i i was i've been pretty honest with you like there's been multiple moments over the last five six years where i didn't think I didn't know if we'd make any more MechWare products, and then we make more, and we'll make another one, make another one, and, and then we've just been over let what the future has, is showing some interesting signs. So, yeah, I think things are, you know, potentially looking good. But uh, I, I've learned to just sort of roll with it, and uh, things evolve. Understood. And yeah, I mean, I've definitely learned uh, a thing or two. Um, or the, over, I would say over the course of like 10 years, uh, again, especially working with you guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I've, done, <laughs> I've wisened up, uh, a few times. I, I've, I've said this a few times. There was, uh, there's been a few times where I crossed the line and put you in a position where it wasn't cool. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of the, it's a learning process. And for me being in the industry, I'm a fan, which I'm a hardcore fan. So to me, it's like, yeah, that's my job, but like mm -hmm. the like the game matters more. Like, and so like I've had a struggle, and I've learned that as far as like uh, crossing some lines in the past, where it put uh, Darren and me. Uh, and again, for those that aren't aware, uh, me and Darren used to do contract work for Piranha Games. Now Darren works for Piranha Games, and it's just one of those things where yeah, you learn uh, a few things over the the, the course of years. So uh, from a content creator standpoint creating a podcast having someone on your you know stuff like that you don't want to put them in a spot so again well, I, i've I think, learned a few um, things i think players in general let's just say consumers players it seems to me anyhow that everyone's learned a lot over the last 10 years i don't just mean you know mech warrior players but i think you know i go back 10 years ago and we still get some of this today, but you know, the type of things of like, Oh, you guys are idiots. Why don't you just do this, do that? Because people didn't understand maybe the, 
the amount of money and you know time and i feel like that conversation though has gotten easier over the years one i do think i've become for various reasons i've become more and more transparent i think the earlier days of mcwarrior there was i don't know our relationship with microsoft was a little bit different back then um it felt we were definitely more insular because we were kind of protecting this sort of like license that we had and like it was just different back then. Um, I've matured a lot since then too. And I think some of the insecurities I may have had are just like were unwarranted. I realize, and, and, and it maybe we just, you know, of course the position we're in now compared to then is just a lot more comfortable. We were, you know, kind of back then we were, you know, we needed MWO to ship and make a certain amount of money or we we're going to close the doors. So, you know, we've grown as a company now. There's a lot more security. There's, we're working at a much higher production quality level. Um, I feel I can be much more open book with the community for the most part. And, um, and I do think the community and the players and everyone has kind of gotten fairly educated over the last 10 years around game development, just because I think there's a lot more information out there with the Unreal Engine and various things and indie companies and indie projects. And so people understand a little bit more about just making requests that sound easy. Like, why don't you just do this? It's like, well, you just said, why don't you spend $10 million? Yeah. You know, you realize that, right? You know, so I think, Collectively, the conversation's gotten more comfortable, you know, between all parties. Well, hey, man, uh, we've gone through a lot here. Um, we're going on over two hours as well uh, with a retake there. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and cut you loose. Thank you again. Uh, is there any last, uh, you know, uh, words? Uh, obviously, you've talked a lot about, you know, clans, uh, mercs, MWO a little bit, the future. Uh, is there any last tidbits you want to drop, you know? Uh, no, I've, I'd probably, I'll have to do a little summary after I get off this call and send a message on Slack and say, okay, I left the cat out of the bag on this, this, and this. I'm trying to remember what they were, but there's a few little things. Um, no, it's good. I think, uh, you know. We'll do keep, this again. Keep loving, keep loving Mech Warrior. You know, keep playing. Uh, support the products. It's the best thing you can do. And, uh, yeah. That's it. All right. Sounds Appreciate good. It. Yeah, man. I'll reach out again in 2024 and we can do this again. All right. Sounds awesome, good. Bill. Thank you, Russ. Bye. Do you like large desk mats? No guts, no galaxy.net.